0: This week on The Zone of Truth, Griffin. And I welcome on the mainline carrying crowd cast to talk about the mind-bending finale to book four, the game-changing episode 161, and of course answer some listener questions. I'm your host, Steve, in the studio with your GM and my co-host Griffin, Roll a Will Save. You're in the Zone of Truth. <laughs> And we're back.
1: It's been a long time since we did
0: one with everybody. It really has been. Too long. Maybe a full book. (laughs) It might have been a full book. I think it might be longer because due to scheduling conflicts, the book three wrap-up did not have Brooks or Emily on it. Oh, yeah. I think we had, like, Chris there. (laughs) (laughs) Chris just showed up. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was Haley and Chris on that one. So let's drop the BS. Hey, guys. Welcome. Hello.
2: Hi. Hi.
0: Glad to have you all. Let's go around the table real quick and uh, talk about what we're drinking tonight. Uh, Let's start with you, Brooks. Oh, boy. Real
3: winner here. Bud Light Seltzer. Real kind of wild card in terms of all of their flavors. This one, indeed, uh, lives up to it. Maple Pear. I have no positive words.
2: I have words. Pear is surprisingly good. The
3: pear, pear part's good. part.
4: Yeah. The rest is horrible. So it, it, like, is
0: tr- it is trash.
4: The maple part. The well, maple is very fake, and it sure punches you in the mouth.
0: They say that great minds think alike, and uh, though I might not consider either of our minds particularly great, we definitely came into this with the exact same uh, frequency here, Brooks, because I also have a Bud Light Seltzer maple pear, we bought these, obviously, independently of each other. I haven't tried it yet, so let's give this a shot. Wow, that's truly horrible.
2: Isn't there a weirdly pecan flavor, though?
0: Yeah, like artificial pecan, and I didn't even know those two words went together. But,
2: like, the thing is, is that's not an advertised flavor in this.
1: That's no. so it's got a weird bad. profile. I think when you start to do artificial
0: maple... It's gonna start to blur lines with whatever you're mixing it with. It kind of tastes like there's some bad liquor in here that I can't quite put my finger on.
1: Ooh, you know what? Yeah, it tastes like a bad liquor. Um, not not like a liquor hot chocolate, but like something you would drink in the wintertime warm. I mm. I can't exactly think of it, but not like, a hotty toddy. Oh, you not know a hot what? toddy.
0: You know what? This is not going to be uh, relevant to many people out there, but I used to drink this coffee liqueur that I got at CVS for $5. And then it didn't even have a brand label on there. It just said coffee liqueur. And it has a lot of the same characteristics as that. Totally. Weirdly,
2: I saw uh, that on the shelf when I was picking up my dog's medicine. Oh, they still make it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, I'll have to, I have to grab a bottle for, for the old times. 100%
2: you're going to purchase that next uh, time I'm yeah. in there.
0: Yeah. Put it next to the alert. Bottle. I used to, <laughs> to <laughs> take a b- bottle for the table. <laughs> I used to drink, uh, Coffee liqueur and root beer. Uh, what? What's you know wrong what? with you? It was another time. Have you? Hey, co- hated what are you yourself? drinking tonight? What are you drinking tonight? Does um, coffee liqueur go bad? Yeah. Before we get to Haley. Yeah. It's like having Irish cream, right? I, like it goes bad. I I didn't think so. There's no like cream or anything in there. So like I didn't die, but like when I was.
1: When what? I was a teenager, my parents... my you, you, you guys have all met my parents, and, like, they drink beer. Like, my parents drink beer. And they had liquor in the basement that they never touched. And I drank some Kahlua that was older than me, I think. Oh, dear. Oh. And I, I I turned out just fine. So I'm, I'm not sure if it goes
3: bad or not. It wasn't, like, oh, in man. a fridge. It was just on a shelf. If drinking old liquor in a basement is what qualifies... And making it to whatever we are qualifies as making it, I'm in that group. Only God himself
0: could take us down, Brooks. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Dear God. All right. Haley, what are you drinking tonight?
2: Well, about 20% of my plant is out from a COVID outbreak. So I am mainlining immunity booster hydration packets. Uh, (laughs) I've got two of those that I'm rocking tonight. Because I am fresh off of a negative COVID test, which is why we are together. But <laughs> I am refusing to drink right now because I am not going down. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Cannot take the chance.
2: <laughs> so I am mainlining any sort of immunity boosters, all of those things. Well, when yeah, I- you gotta
1: you gotta stay sober before you get into work so that you could be the person that's gargling vodka the whole time you're there to avoid the germs. True.
2: So yeah. Anyways, that's why. Sorry, no alcohol, but uh. For good reason.
0: But yeah, very understandable. How about you, Griff? What are you drinking tonight? I have Blackberry White Claw. Ooh. From that variety pack number three. You know, best one. All right. Three hits. And Emily, what you got?
4: I am on that Bud Light Seltzer train with a pumpkin spice.
0: Ooh. That was also in the variety pack I picked up. It is my backup beer that I'll get to later. I'm hoping it's good.
4: It's not good. Oh no. <laughs> Can I give it a sniff? Yeah. Can the, I give it a sniff?
2: It's not really pumpkin y at all. all. It's that. just
4: spicy. So it tastes like cinnamon and nutmeg. Ugh. But it's it's it, it's a seltzer it tastes, consistency. or It smells
2: like it would taste like the inside of an overly cinnamon pastry, but not in a good way. Like an overspiced pastry.
4: <laughs> if you took an overspiced pastry wrapper and then rinsed it off with water, this is the water <laughs> that is left.
3: Wait. Wow.
0: Is it? Now I'm tempted.
4: That's a Do you guys want
3: to
2: try. That? I, would, I would like to try that.
0: I've got my uh, own I'll get into in probably about a half an hour.
2: I want
0: to so. try it. <laughs> I'll try Steve. Yeah, that's, uh, that reminds me of the.
3: Is it like this, like walking into a Michael's? Uh- yeah, 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 exactly. But it's, it's
1: like the other flavor they did for Christmas that also reminded me of candles. This oh. one reminds me of candles. Is this- it apple crisp? It's not apple no, crisp. No, apple crisp. Apple good. crisp slaps.
2: That to me, there was an atrocious thing that people made, which was a pumpkin spice cinnamon roll. It's not like, it was not well reviewed, but I think Pillsbury did this. They did it in cans. They did it when I was a kid. Before pumpkin spice, I feel like was such a huge thing, but it was, they were weird and they're orange. Emily is so right. If you would have taken one of those, unrolled it, rinsed it off, that's the carbonated water that would come out. It
1: disappointed me, like in my youth, besides <laughs> drinking really old Kahlua, I would sometimes, like, when I was a little younger than Kahlua age, would like smell
3: something <laughs> that.
1: That smelled so good, like it hadn't tasted good, right? Oh, Griffin! Um, oh. And so sometimes yeah. you yeah. would you would taste some things that smelled so good that they should probably taste good, and then they just taste like wax, yeah. like the inside of a like a candle, a like, a can, like a candle, per, like a for candle, example, for, for example, for example, like a candle as an example, and that really <laughs> that really is evocative he, for me. He in he that. a
2: candle, God. some candles
1: aren't shaped like candles. Just saying, Wait some soap second. is not shaped like soap. Wait a Wait, second. so
3: then you were gonna take a bite out of
1: a pumpkin? What? Listen, listen. Okay, my my grandmother used to. How far back are we gonna go? My, my grandmother used to give my mom, for whatever reason, like shaped soaps and candles and shit, and like the wick was not always apparent, and most of the times it looked like a candy. So it smelled the family? like a candy. Oh, Griffin. Look. You, <laughs> I'm just saying you can get confused by these things. At a certain point in time in everyone's life.
2: I didn't know I needed to hear this story today, but I really needed this. You get confused.
1: <laughs> At a certain point in time in everyone's life, you get confused by something that smells like it should be food and is not food. And it's shaped like food and looks <laughs> looks like a delicious bonbon and it's not. And that's what that pumpkin spice seltzer reminds me of.
2: God, I hope our kids survive one day.
3: (laughs) I hope those candles
0: are (laughs) gluten-free. So anyway, the next thing we usually do in this program is talk about what everyone's been up to for the last little while. Emily, how about you?
4: Well, I have two things. First of all, I've been learning to play golf. Been super fun. I'm really bad at it, but it gets me outside, very distanced. So I've been having a good time with that. And then more of my suggestion for something fun to do at home is a video game I started playing called One Shot. It's an indie puzzle solving game that it came out a while ago. So not breaking any news here, but it's super fun. I don't want to say too much about it because I didn't know much going in and it was a little trippy and interesting because of that. Uh, But one fun fact, so it's called One Shot and when the game first came out, if you exited out of the game without being at one of the save points, next time you logged in, it loaded a screen that said you killed the character and you had to start over completely. That's since been amended.
0: Gaslit by the game. Yep. It's your fault. You only had one shot. (laughs) One shot. All right, Griff. What are you doing? Uh,
1: Haley and I started watching Hunter Hunter. Ooh, it's uh, pretty good. And then I like found out about a season in that like the dude that writes the manga is like George R. R. Martin slow, mm-hmm. and is like having health issues and stuff. And so the common consensus in the community is that it's never going to get finished, oh, which pisses crazy. me off because I've been really enjoying it. Well, hopefully they really stick the landing like HBO did, you know? (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, so also from what I've heard is that, like, as far as it is in the anime, is still, like, a good story arc and kind of wraps it up a little bit. Obviously, it's not fully finished, but... Mm -hmm. I don't know. If they were to end it shittily, kind of like Dexter, Game of Thrones, like, I might it might be a good stopping point anyway where it's at, so... Yeah. But, uh... Besides that, me and the boys in the garage started a new workout routine. Up the up the frequency to five days a week from four.
0: Oh, damn! Yeah, it's
1: been it's been good.
0: It's and you decided to do that during the hottest month of the year.
1: Yeah, it's been pretty hot. It's been pretty pretty hot out there. Uh, that little AC unit doesn't do shit. Nope. The industrial <laughs> fan only works on one person at a time. <laughs> so it's pretty hot out there. But uh, we got a cable machine. You helped me put that together. Hell yeah. Which is awesome for back stuff. So we moved
0: to a push-pull legs program, which has been uh, working well. Oh yeah, that rocks. I have had a little fun on that machine. It's a very cool machine. Uh, it took four of us two hours to put together. At least after- an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. An hour. It was, oh. yeah, it
1: took us a while. And honestly, yeah, I think, if you, I think it, if you weren't there, we wouldn't have got it together because... Me, Chris and John, none of us are taller than 5 foot 8. Nope.
0: Nope. <laughs> Need a tall boy. Need
1: you to string the, <laughs> the
0: the cables through the top of the pulleys. We, I remember when we got that started, like it was towards the end of a Friday and I think you started it by yourself with the intent of like building it in a half hour and then by the time you were done everyone was going to come over to work out. The hubris there. The hubris, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it started at around like 4:15 and
1: you guys were coming over at 5. And I got like four steps in out of twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean just unpackaging the thing took me a half an hour.
0: Yeah, it was a lot. But it's paying off. Yeah. Um, as for me, I don't know. I saw Breaking Dawn part one again, so that's pretty dope. Again? Yeah, it's the second time through. Um, probably be watching part two this weekend, so got that to look forward to. How about you, Haley?
2: My hobbies have kind of continued to stay the same, which is, uh, you know, reading and listening to books and then watching anime hasn't uh, changed much. As you heard from Griffin, the most recent is Hunter x Hunter. Now, um, I have a ton of stuff planned, um, but as uh, I do, I've been way too focused on debating whether or not I should do those things, such as get super invested in Stardew Valley for, you know, a month or not. Great call. Would highly recommend it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Valley is amazing. I'm sure. I'm sure it would be great. See, that I already know. It's going to be a hyperfixation, and it's going to be the next month of my life. So I just, I'm, I'm balancing right now. What is going to become my next obsession? I really just don't know yet. I've also been, um, I've had the same, I don't know, 25 items in a shopping cart and haven't, uh I keep debating on that too. So I'm, I'm, I'm in a weird state <laughs> right now. So. A lot of tentative hobbies coming up, but right now. All right, well, we, I guess we'll look forward to an update there. See
0: what you pull the trigger on in that shopping cart. How about you, Brooks? What's going on in your life? Oh,
3: man. Surprise, surprise. A ton of golf. I love my golf. It is quite hot out, but I suffer for the things that I love, uh, including inviting Emily and playing with her. No, I'm kidding. It, it's been an absolute <laughs> dream uh, to watch Emily learn and being able to play at least at least one time and it was just a ton, ton of fun. I really like it. It's therapeutic in a time uh, that I desperately need it. And everything else just kind of falls away and all you do is hit the next shot and that's it. But uh, other than that, I am quite into a video game called Dorf Romantic.
0: Excuse me, what? Is that, oh, is yes. that
3: D-O-R-F? Yes, D-O-R-F. That's not what I thought. Dorf Romantic. <laughs> um, Explain. It is uh, not at all what you think it is. It is a strategy building puzzle game. And you have these hexagon tiles with resources on uh, a random corner or a random edge and you build out this this village with trying to make the highest score possible by combining resources and so then you end up uh like putting all the tiles together i love it it, it is just uh, peaceful
0: Oh yeah, man! Sounds, sounds a little crazy. board gamey. It
3: is. It reminds me of Catan or something. The tiles are very similar to Catan, but the concept is very different. You're placing the tiles in order to combine resources, but then you have to think about the tile or the edge next to it might have a different resource, and so then when you place another tile. You have to look out for that other resource to match. Uh, but yes, it it is pretty board gamey. But it would build a massive map.
1: I think you'd like Terra Mystica. It's a board game I have that seems kind of similar to that. It's like each person picks a race, and each race is good at certain things, and is better at uh, better at cultivating different resources. But you each start at a different point on the map and okay. expand from there and you have to worry about those concerns too where it's like okay well I need to like terraform this spot before I can place a tile here because like my race is mermaids and I can't live in a desert so I need to Mm -hmm. like terraform it but then I can get whatever resources were in that spot
3: nice is that similar to or the same company as terraforming Mars I don't know if it's the same company I have terraforming
1: Mars too yeah I don't know if it's the same the same group but
0: Interesting. I'm, I'm very willing to play. Well, we will mark that down as a game that we want to play <laughs> someday when we have free time again. But anyway, let's move into the main meat of this episode. So basically, this is kind of our book four finale spectacular we're not going to go through the entirety of book four. Griffin and I have been doing periodic updates here on the Zone of Truth as to what's been going on in the story, talking about stat blocks, things that have happened. I really want to focus today on episodes 159, 160, and 161, because some really, really crazy and important stuff happens there. So episode 159, pretty wild. But before we get into that, I do got listen a listener question I want to just kick to people. Coming from 10 Lawn Gnomes, how are you holding up? I'm holding up okay. Zume made it out. He's a sad boy now, but you no. Know, I'm okay. How are you doing, Emily?
4: Oh man, going through recording these episodes and even right after, so stressed. Like it took time for me to unwind and decompress from all these episodes. I was doing a lot of stress knitting, maybe even lost a little bit of sleep.
0: <laughs> I believe it, Griffin. I feel good We're done with stupid eldritch horror shit
1: (laughs) Now back
3: to the good part
0: (laughs) Now back to vampires Oh yeah Alright, Brooks, how you doing? Relieved, but not out of the woods yet Very fair And I saved you for last, Haley. How are you holding?
2: Denial is a really good emotional state for me
0: You carry it well.
2: I'm doing, I mean, like, I'm doing great because nothing's wrong. Nothing's happened. I don't even think we've recorded these episodes yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, 159, Dome, Minion of the Black. What happened in this episode? So it starts off, the party's buffing up, and we can hear Lyra singing through this portal, Oduyunga style. The dome contains a lab with views out to Lake and Carthen. We have two operating tables that are present with fluids being drained from Lyra into the man we believe is the Dark Rider who we've been pursuing through the end of book three, or rather, since the end of book three. But the thing about him, he's got this head that looks like it's about to burst. We got a Nethel Goo in the room, three undead scum, and a Leng Ghoul. The Leng Ghoul does a little bit of a monologue up at the top, and combat begins. So right away, my first question is for Griffin. Who is actually in the room in the book? So, remember when I said I swapped
1: the Dominion of the Black for, uh, or I swapped them in? Mm-hmm. So it used to be their enemy the the old god cults who are also aliens but like the other side of the same coin. And so all of the Nethelgu were migo. Okay. In the book. And so there were like four Migo surgeons in this room. They are each like CR 6. Uh Neth-El-Goo is a CR 8. So little different. Um but anywhere you saw Nethel Go in this book, it was swapped from Migo. Any, the- anytime you saw anything that wasn't Amigo, besides Uggugol, swapped.
2: <laughs> Wait, Ogagol's original?
1: Ogagol is in the book.
2: Dang! Oh, the
1: is
0: in the book.
2: I do like him.
0: The way I played Ogagol. <laughs> the- <laughs>
2: uh, I'm real sad about him.
0: In the book, he has the exact same amount of Gs in his name. That I have yes, confirmed. Yes, he does. All right, awesome. So we have opening salvo, right? I'm pretty sure it was Air Bear that goes first. He runs up to the Ghoul and gets basically eviscerated right off the rip. Brooks, put me in your headspace in this moment. How did you feel in the first round of what we pretty much had assumed was going to be a two-episode long combat getting hit for 60 damage? Um, I
3: mean, as you walk through that... In my head, I'm having the same reaction. Just a lot of, okay, Okay. Okay. Because, like, it was just hit after hit, and it was just damage coming, and it was like, oh boy. All right. So, Air Bear is a better tactician than I am. I got excited. As soon as I got up there, got all that damage, I was uh, violently whiplashed back into all right, how can I save this? I know I need to at least retreat a little bit here.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was a moment where I remember Air Bear like, looking to his left and looking to his right and being like, these guys are going to back me up. I got to charge in here. And I think what the breakdown there was that I won initiative and I delayed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like a false start. Exactly, which is what I wanted to do. I mean, this thing had A ton of intelligence. So it was just like, all right, come at me.
0: And dead. Yep, 100%. Yeah, it definitely was a little bit of a wake up call. You know, I think we're all riding high off of adrenaline that morning because we knew we were going into the end of a book. We wanted to get our hands dirty right away, do damage, and then immediately we're hit very, very hard right off the rip. Kind of reality checks us a bit. So combat progresses a little bit. Matumbe runs up and destroys the Lang Ghoul in one blow from the Book of the Raven. An absolute triumphant moment in our podcast. I think Matumbe <laughs>
1: saved two lives by doing that.
2: Absolutely. I, I
1: think, I think Air bear would be permanently dead if not from the Lang Ghoul, then from like the first round with the Dark Young. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think you probably saved yourself too.
0: Yes. It was a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one as, uh, Senator Palpatine likes to say. Um, yeah, cause you're talking about like every round
1: that thing's alive, that's potentially like 50 to
0: 80 damage that it's just gonna dish out. And we just can't keep pace with that. Right. That's not happening. So, all right, what's the deal with this Langul? Because we really didn't see anything from it except that opening salvo to Air Bear and you said that he's somewhat intelligent. So how challenging was this creature I don't know that we're trying to do a full creature dive, but maybe if you could hit some of the highlights here, that would be uh, pretty awesome. Yeah. A Lang Ghoul is a CR 10 creature. So by itself, it's a CR 10.
1: And it's Oof. just think about what a ghoul is to a level one party and then amp that up. This is the danger level of a ghoul to a level one party to a level 10 party. Like this thing has huge numbers to hit. And it can reach and it can burrow and it can climb. And <laughs> it's paralysis save is no joke. That's why actually that Nethalgoo was zapping your freedom of movements. Because yeah, the, it, it, it has a it has a strategy, or at least, you know, obviously it doesn't have a book written strategy, but that was my strategy going in was like the Nethalgoo is going to be looking like looking at air bear for instance and like okay he didn't get paralyzed and then it starts to spellcraft everybody so to work in tandem with that Lang ghoul it's like okay well I know what this creature does this is my boss I know he needs to paralyze people and then coup de gras them mm-hmm. so he's just taking away all the freedom of movement but uh, yeah the terrifying thing like eight attacks of opportunity around just like Oof. nasty and its saves are great. I mean, <laughs> it's uh, it couldn't fail that save on anything but
0: a one, and obviously rolled a one. Yeah, I think uh, DC fourteen is yeah. the check, and the only thing can at, at that point can be a natural one, mm-hmm. and it worked. Yeah. Really exciting there, though. I, I, it was very validating feeling. It's kind of like Frazma's playing a, a tactical game where she's looking down at all these pieces and forgot that something was in play. And then like the the book comes back online and she's like, fuck, let's destroy an undead with it. That
1: was the coolest thing too because I forgot that I had started describing, like I described like, you know, you see the butterflies like flying off the book and shit like before I rolled the natural one. (laughs) Yep. So I'm like making it this big epic hit because I was like, oh yeah, it's like his first hit with this book and then it's like, Kills a CR 10 <laughs> creature
0: yeah. immediately. And by the way, that was not flubbed. Like, Emily looked in the tray. We got confirmation there.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I mean, the thing, had, the thing had like 130 health, so it, it's not super easy to take down. Oh, no, not super easy at all. All right. So next up, I've got a little highlight here. We have Eclipse flying into the air as she is wanted to do and slaughters three scum ghouls. I think at one point I was taking notes and I wrote down Eclipse kills a ghoul. Eclipse kills two ghouls. Eclipse kills three ghouls. That might have been in one turn, if I remember correctly. It was. Hell yeah. So Eclipse's headspace, Hayley's question for you, is going to change substantially in episode 161. How's she holding up right now in this moment?
2: In this moment? She's like, are you freaking kidding me? This shit again? Because she's had to do the 1v1 every single time we've had a flying creature. Mm -hmm. unless like they're restricted by height and then Matumbe can do long arm but otherwise she's 1v1 and then occasionally we got Air Bear who will use like Ring of the Ram or a bow and Freya who will use spells but if they're distracted by something else it's once again Eclipse who is like up in the air by herself which happens again in the next one but so she's I mean at this point she's like Jesus Christ this, this shit again and like it just kind of fed up with it especially because she just saw the one like very challenging new thing just died in an instant mm-hmm. so it's like i don't know and then also on a personal like, my headspace at this point I, I kept looking at the map and i was like i bet you were gonna go through some portal or something there's nothing else here no
0: oh no what's coming up is coming <laughs> uh, all right so big moment for the entire show here lyra's influence is broken she is actually being used against us the first couple rounds of combat but i believe it was a matumbe protection from evil allowed her to re-roll and she was successful in fact in that moment i thought that it was a failure so you can hear a lot of disappointment in my voice but then you guys are like no that was a success and that enchantment is broken so Griffin, Emily, behind the scenes, what's going on here? Had you guys been talking ahead of time of what Lyra might be looking like, how she might be mechanically built? Let's talk about that for a moment. Yeah, so I had Emily build Lyra to level 10. Okay, and so Emily built her. It was Okay, cool. Emily built Lyra to level 10.
1: I obviously got to control Lyra uh, (laughs) in combat, and then I think I handed it over to you in... One sixty.
4: Yeah, the next episode. Mm-hmm. Got to control Lyra again.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you knew this was coming for the entirety of the book, right? I'm pretty sure I told you at the beginning of the book, like, this is what's going on.
4: Yeah, you gave me a lot of notice. So I knew long before uh, we got to this point that Lyra was going to come back in some capacity. I had the opportunity to level her up to where she would be if she was still in the party. So I had a lot of fun leveling her up. It took me some time going through, trying to get into the headspace of what she's likely going through, especially as we like uncovered more and more of her story going through this book. Um, so I ended up making her... She is still an Oracle, but I gave her a Prestige class. Ooh. Yeah. I First t- one for
0: the show, I think, at least PCs-wise.
4: Yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh, so I gave her, for her uh, eighth level, the Harrower Prestige class. I felt nice. like that was a good build for where she was going right before she died. Was really going into the harrowing and card reading aspect Um, and that gives some fun abilities where you can give the party buffs by doing a harrow reading at the beginning of the day so she doesn't just have to pull one card for herself she can actually do a harrow reading for the whole party which is kind of fun.
1: And this was kind of always the plan for Lyra. Like I remember that's what the level one feat that you had, like your bonus feat because I gave everybody a bonus feat yours was the draw, the harrow card and get the bonus for the day, I forget what the feat's called, but you had the intent of going harrower at some point with her.
4: Yeah, it's with the prestige class, uh, I had to wait until I reached a certain level before it was an option to take, but yeah, I had been planning on giving her this prestige class for a long time, but after getting that class, I felt like her shift of her focus wouldn't be so much of doing hero readings. It got a little bit more like deep ocean and summoning related. So the rest of her levels are actually in continuing with Oracle and she gets some uh, cool abilities, which I think I showcase in the next episode and some her summoning is a lot more powerful now because she's been uh, doing a lot of work on that clearly not so much of her own free will though.
0: Yeah, well very glad to see her return. That's really excellent. I can't wait to see her maybe mechanically later in the future, see how that plays out in combat when you're not fighting for your life and just can kind of show off a little bit. (laughs) It's going to be a lot of fun. Moving on a little bit with, with the episode, Lyra is freed by Freya and Air Bear finishes the episode by killing this spawning slug that's bursting out of the head of the Dark Rider. This morphs into this dark young of Shubb Negrath. Um, first of all, Brooks, walk me through this oh shit moment here. Did you feel like you just had beaten the boss of the book before it could quite become its own thing? Did you think you won? No. No, no.
3: <laughs> It was way too easy. You, There was definitely a catch. Uh, maybe... I wasn't thinking that exactly the same uh, headspace as uh, Haley mentioned, like we're going to go through a portal or something or we're going to walk out and it's going to be just out the door or something and it's going to be an underwater combat. Uh, Yeah, I I didn't expect that to be the end, Uh, but when it did come out to be that, yeah, different thoughts uh, going through my head there. Mainly, don't get grabbed. Don't get mm-hmm. grabbed because we had just uh, had our freedom of movement taken. I believe three of us did, and so that was—that's scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's scary when like this giant tentacled thing shows up right next to you, and you're like, "Well, I'm no longer safe."
3: And we just—I did not like it. We no. just watched how bad black tentacles just. We we couldn't
0: handle it. Mm-hmm. Just shut a day down. Absolutely. Um, Griff, something that you said, I think, in between episodes while we were recording this. How many points of damage did Air Bear need to do to this thing to trigger the Dark One.
3: Young? Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah.
0: So the thing about it was, it,
1: in the book, it like it triggers when you clear the room of enemies. Or it triggers when you deal damage to it. So it was one of those scenarios where I my mean GM brain lit up when you attacked it because I was thinking, oh, cool, there's a Nethalgu to split attention while this CR 13 creature decimates the party. It's going to be fun.
0: Yeah. yeah, CR 13. Yeah, we'll get into that in a second, but that is a fucking high number yeah, for a level 10 yeah.
3: party. Mm-hmm. But I really just... After that, like after I came to that realization, it became all right, trust the character. It's in the optimum spot. Yeah, you're right next to it. So, you know, uh, I guess in this instance, take them where you can get them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but but I did know that that was going to happen by Griffin asking to finish uh, our drinks. I did know that that was going to happen.
0: So, that makes sense. Yeah, on one hand, yes, you're right next to this thing. That's a terrible place to be. However, on the other hand, that's what your character does. He mm-hmm. stands and bangs with people and slices into pieces. So you're not in an actually terrible spot, depending on how you look at it. You're where you want to be, but it's also not a good place to be. All right, so that wraps up 159. Lots of crazy stuff happens. And then we go into 160, which to me is the conclusion of book four. 161 is... Is the tail end the the epilogue per se? But this closes it out for me. At least, at least that's how I kind of view it. So right away, the party gets hit with some pretty terrible madnesses. First of all, we've got Air Bear picking up mania. Not great, right, Brooks? Well, I already had it once,
3: <laughs>
0: so, so you're uh,
3: yeah, I knew that it was bad, and uh, all I could think of was. Uh,
0: just don't let it get worse. I'll
3: Great strategy. It. I'll leave
0: it at that. <laughs> yep. I think Eclipse had a particularly debilitating one, right, Haley?
2: It was a boon. I actually only gained with it. I gained a bonus to my bluff. Is that so? Yeah, to yeah. appear yeah. like to not appear evil. <laughs> I got a plus 10 to not appear evil. And uh, normally my bluff is shit. So honestly, I just got a boon. <laughs>
0: That's actually really funny. I did not realize that. Yeah. I love it. Um, and then probably the one that really bucks us over, Freya, you're blind now.
4: <sighs> yeah, mm-hmm. that uh, did not help. It was pretty debilitating for a character who's not built with any sort of way to combat blindness. I felt really ineffective, especially with this creature taking up so much space. It's moving around. Freya can't see where to go. She try to cast spells, but she can't target anything. So I definitely had to get creative with how I could play Freya and be somewhat effective while being completely blind.
0: Yeah, I think we had a little good synergy here between you and the detached air bear hand, (laughs) if I remember correctly. (laughs) Yep. You were one on the
1: die outside of the bucket of unable to cast all spells. Oh. Which would have would have been a TPK.
4: That would have been way worse than blind. I yeah. thought blind was one of the worst options, but...
1: No, that, that was... I got off
4: easy then.
1: Aside from, I mean, it would have sucked for you to get the turn evil because you yeah. lose all your shit again. But um, yeah, the, the blind was probably like top two. Well, at that Good point, it's like,
0: hey, wow. Haster, what up? I'm back.
2: <laughs> it's got time to to gun gun against the Dark Young. <laughs> Hell yeah.
0: Touch AC's got to be shit on that thing. It's Haster, 30 feet kill tall. Kill
2: <laughs> <laughs> Please?
0: <laughs> I told you this would happen.
2: <laughs> oh.
0: All right. So we got some madnesses. And I mean, this is what this entire episode is built about. Griffin, what is this monster? Yeah, this is a Dark Young of Shubna
1: normally cr12 because you had an extra party member advanced so cr13 it's got that crazy 31 ac that frightful presence uh when you guys lost your freedom of movement it's got grab on all of its tentacles four tentacles in a turn vital strike weapon focus like oh god it's improved critical on these tentacles it can make somebody insane which you narrowly avoided i think uh, it's got at will tree shape, which is great. <laughs> it's got some <laughs> huh? weird, like, plant like things because it's supposed to kind of look like a tree. Like, it has tree stride and it can command plants, which none of those are applicable here. But most of its abilities are just it hits like a truck and it's big. And it's immune to a lot of damage. And that DR to piercing, like DR slash piercing. Was brutal.
0: Was it 15? Yeah, DR-15. Ouch.
1: So, yeah. I mean, that's all I really have to I mean, it's got, like, sucking maws and stuff, so it does stuff when you get grappled. But honestly, I wasn't even really getting the grapple off that often except against Air Bear. Because I was doing the minus 20 to my grapple check just so I could try it on everybody. (laughs) Because everybody was a target. And everybody was around it and that made it like a plus eight to grab you instead of a plus 28.
3: Yeah, it's a big difference. Certainly.
1: <laughs> so, really just crazy creature written for this book. I mean, not as an advanced creature. It's a little bit easier, but yeah, an extra full caster on your team.
0: so All right. it's at this point in the episode where I'm going to crack into this Bud Light pumpkin spiced hard seltzer. This shot.
4: I am sorry for you preemptively.
0: Wow, that's bad. Yeah, that's really bad. Okay.
4: And the taste just lingers.
0: Doesn't go anywhere. Mm-mm. Thoughts on that, Brooks?
1: Does it taste like a suspiciously shaped soap or
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that you might find? Say your grandma were to give you.
2: Hypothetically. Or were to
1: give or to give your mom a, a sealed package of like frog shaped
2: Whoa, hold, on,
1: hold <laughs> just, I'm just like oh, I'm just God. wait a minute I'm this. just positing like a shape you know kind of like and you had recently watched the first Harry Potter movie
2: <laughs> where
1: there is a frog shaped chocolate <laughs> <laughs>
3: The the dots that connect that are so clear, but so very wrong. <laughs> it like, it like
1: say say
0: those candles had like a a candy smell. Did you, like did did you my Yeah, did you think Just the frog my. was gonna start jumping around too? No, but like I
1: thought potentially it was a Harry Potter themed candy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh And you thought your grandma was hip enough for that?
1: It was around the same time
0: <laughs> Jelly Belly did
1: the like Birdie Bots every flavor beans. So yes. there was
3: there was precedent for Harry Potter candy out there. Uh my my thoughts, thank god it's not creamy because it can't get I thought it couldn't get any worse, but that would that is the only way it could get worse.
0: Yeah, I would say from this pack Apple Crisp clearly is the leader. That's I would not that great. I would take Pumpkin Spice then maple pear, then yep. toasted marshmallow. Holy fuck, that toasted marshmallow is really rough. We didn't talk about it today. No one's drinking it, but I had one last night. Ooh, boy. That yeah, pack, two out of ten. Um, I give it a three. I think apple crisp is a redeeming flavor, but I mean, everything else is straight <laughs> oh, garbage. No, one. One? Ooh, yeah. I don't know. That's Well, yeah, some of this stuff really sucks.
3: Let's get back into the episode. <laughs> apple crisp is in a different flavor pack as
0: well. Well, it was in the ugly sweater one. Night. We're, we can't get into this. We don't have time to get <laughs> okay, into this. Okay, Leave okay. it behind. Yeah. All right. So uh, lots of notes from this episode. We have Air Bear and Matumbe almost getting killed in this thing's clutches. We had Blind Freya healing up Air Bear. And I think she threw out some pretty clutch channels here. We have Eclipse again, one-on-one with the Nethalgu.
2: This was significantly different, though. Tell me about it. I was held person. Like, I legitimately... My brain was very close to being taken. Yeah. There was almost no way that wasn't going to happen except for giving points of influence away. And even then, it was like uh, some temporary solutions. But, boy, it was... Like, that was very dicey. Like, I I was fully convinced that Eclipse was going to go.
1: Give me, give me, give me those influence points after midnight.
2: Well... The influence
0: points matter little,
2: <laughs> considering
0: that uh, what happens in the next episode. But yes, I, an extremely dicey situation. I think we saw an Azada showing up from our friend Lyra, doing some help. What else do I got going on here in episode 160? So we have Air Bear slaying the creature and both... Air Bear and Matumbe seeing visions of Shub through space as the dome begins to crack and water begins to flow. Now, I want—I want to make this 100% clear. That is not visions. You
1: saw that Elder right, God. Right. Right. It came to the material plane. The world nearly ended okay. right there.
4: That is terrifying. Had you
1: lost the combat, we probably would have just ended the show
2: because the world the would have world ended. Would have
1: ended. Which Damn.
2: means everything—everything everything done.
0: Wow. Well. Let's refund the Patreon money, I guess We're done Call <laughs> into
1: the next adventure Call it a day <laughs> The
3: whole universe Sorry, book four took a lot out of me <laughs>
0: Now we're done
3: <laughs> The whole universe
4: uh, Yeah, our whole cinematic HLP universe would end We'd have to go back in time I was say any other APs that we do would have
2: to be uh, set pre-carrying around
0: <laughs> Stoker is still safe
2: Yep, but Curse saved is saved. It's fine.
0: Yeah. So what do we got? I think this is what AP number six or something. I guess we could do like Rise of the Rune Lords no. or uh, Council of Thieves. Yeah, buddy. Legacy of Fire. Say <laughs> <laughs> so we could do Second Darkness. Long list.
1: Well, not really. Uh, no.
2: Yeah. Starcrazy <laughs> <or, laughs> yeah, Steve.
0: <laughs> sorry. Or the we could modules do... cut off at this point. You <laughs> or really do modules for Link Legacy before <laughs> here. I think Carnival of Tears is safe. Yeah. Or we could just do Curse the Crimson Throne in one e. That bestow curse might actually make sense since it's a spelling money. There you go. All right. So this happens. And we actually had a question that wasn't dropped in our zone of truth questions little channel on our Discord, but I thought it was worth bringing up. We got a user called Crow T. Maybe it's Kraut i I'm not sure. Crow T. Could be. Um, All right. He asks uh, a question for Griffin How would this book have played out if Lyra had lived? So
1: I assume this is like if Lyra was a member of the party. Yes. Until into book four. And I think it would have played very interestingly because it would have been less about the party piecing together Lyra's backstory. And it would have been more about kind of the sirens call of all of this for Lyra and like the ability to meet her mother and finding out about her own past and that kind of stuff. And so I think the roleplay would have been very good if Lyra was in the book. Not that, you know, I still wanted to make it impactful and be kind of still Lyra's book. But I think that's how it would have been mostly different, as it would have been more from Lyra's perspective as opposed to you guys finding all of this stuff out and Lyra being kind of like a, for lack of a better term, Danzel in distress until... You know, she's able to be saved
0: by the party. Sure, sure. All right, we are moving into episode 161, a surprisingly game changing episode here. So, you thought we were done with book four. We thought the big finale was done. However, as we like to do on the show, y'all got hit with a curveball. So, let's start with the easy stuff. Right off the rip, because we had that image of uh, Shubna Groth there, Air Bear and Matumbe picked up some madnesses from the final vision in... Well, again, not vision not right the right word, but you know what I'm saying, of episode 160. So we've got Air Bear with schizophrenia and Matumbe with melancholia. So, first of all, what's going on with melancholia? Let's do a quick refresher here. So what this means for Matumbe is he's going to take a little bit of a penalty to his initiative check. That's a minus two. Initiative was already shit, so, you know, here we are. And then morale bonuses are halved, which... I don't know, hurts me too much. I don't feel like I pick up a whole lot of morale bonuses. No more heroism. Right, on the regs, so I don't really use that anyway. I gave it to Air Bear last I checked, um, or last I had it, so... Inspiration isn't a morale bonus, right? It's just like a... No, I think that's just an extraordinary ability. I actually have a team-based sheet open, so I'm going to click on that right now. I wouldn't think it is. No... But sometimes things like that have weird types.
4: Is it like an insight?
1: Yeah, it might be insight. But or it's untyped. Could be
0: untyped. I'm scanning through it now, and there's no indication of what it is. It just says, this free action. It can expend one use of inspiration to add 1d6 to the roll of the check. No indication here what type of bonus that might be. Uh, maybe I should do a little bit of homework on that. I'll do that. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't think it affects me terribly, however... It definitely changed the way I play the character in a noticeable way. Matumi's been through the fucking ringer in this book as far as personality shifts go. He was evil you love in Abaddon. He was weird color out of spaceness around Undiamede Manor. He became the librarian. Now he's sad. I've been having a great time. Brooks, tell me about schizophrenia, though. This is a pretty rough madness, a greater one if I remember correctly.
3: Indeed, a uh, greater madness. Now, the effects... Negative four penalty on Wisdom and Charisma checks, or Charisma base checks. Uh, easy. Uh, Air Bear doesn't do really anything that requires either of those. It'd be nice as a Cavalier to have that, but it wasn't in the cards. <laughs> no
0: longer in the cards.
3: <laughs> Can't take a 10 or a 20 on any check. Uh, we really
0: uh, never do that on the show anyway, so...
3: Yep, uh, Easy. Now, this next one is a little bit more apparent. And do you want me to read the whole thing? Or, uh... No, just give me the highlights. The character becomes erratic, chaotic, and unpredictable as his affliction and symptoms continue, which are uh, deficits in dealing in uh, with social skills, uh, cognition, and overall strange behaviors. Each time a character afflicted with this madness finds himself in a stressful situation. Combat. Exactly what it says in there, such as combat. He must succeed a will-saving throw or become confused for 1d6 rounds.
0: What's the DC on that? 22.
4: (laughs) Yikes.
3: Yep. Yep, not great. Uh, Not great. Air Bear has been in a state of confusion one time before. Twice, okay, uh, but I'd I'd rather not go back.
1: You know, one time he babbled through a window; the other time he <laughs> killed the <him> toubae. <laughs> <laughs>
0: can't wait for the next time.
1: You
3: got you got a couple couple scenarios when this rat gets confused. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Uh, Heads towards the lake. Yeah, um, cuts his friend's Achilles tendon. <laughs> <sighs> this whole time, I knew that Eclipse was also confused. Or. Had the potential to be confused. We would get stuck in that loop.
4: Yeah. Ooh,
1: yeah. 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 That would happen for sure.
3: That was going through the back of my mind, reading that last little bit. Oh, it it did text. not look good. <laughs> you're, you're confused, it
0: did not look good. Yeah, not great. So l- let's get to that. On the way, we had this quick lore dump from Lyra. I've got some notes here. She mentioned she's a daughter of Shub Nagrath. She's learned that about herself. She's heard some singing in her dreams and she is somehow part aberration, we find out. Uh, Emily, are there, are there any highlights here that I may have missed?
4: Uh, that's about how much the party knows right now. She's definitely not the same Lyra that died. Mm-hmm. She has changed and grown through this whole experience. And I think more and more will come out from this but yeah this whole experience has changed her and has become a part of her so leaving this behind is not really an option for her
0: yeah and is she still showing off the scaly legs
4: oh it's gotten worse
0: oh no (laughs) that is very frightening alright so now to the meat of 161 we have Eclipse touching this sea sage effigy to do a little object reading right Totally in character. This is how things work. And then goes permanently insane, mechanically, as you see Dagon. So, Haley, walk me through what's happening in your head, IRL, in that moment. How are
2: you feeling? I mean, you would have heard it on the episode, but I immediately asked, Am I dead now? (laughs) Because I have known since I got this ability that at some point, I was going to touch a cursed object. I had this gut feeling. I was like, man, I barely ever think about things before I do them. And Eclipse doesn't either. I'm going to touch a cursed object. I assumed that at some point I'd put on some ring that I can never take off or something. Not this. So yeah. I thought that was it for Eclipse. And then I got to the point where I needed to roll for my points of influence. And then in reality, Lopper took us up on that bargain we made.
0: Yes. So I'm going to pivot to Griffin here. This bargain was something that took place earlier in the book that I think a couple of us may have forgotten about. So can you give us a little refresher there on, on what happened in the past and, and why you brought it up now?
1: The lopper was supposed to take control in Undyamete House. Mm-hmm. And he offered Eclipse a deal. That was, if I leave you alone right now, I get to take control whenever I want. No questions asked. You have to hand over control, which she agreed to.
0: So he didn't take control. So I have that as a GM in my back pocket. Yep. And when you saw the insanity come out, you're like, I got to pull it now because she's losing control. It was a um,
1: I think it was in character for the Lopper. The Lopper doesn't hate Eclipse. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Lopper doesn't hate Matumbe anymore. The Lopper is generally okay with the party like proceeding because it keeps his body alive yep. right now. And he literally saw Eclipse starting to kill herself and was like, Well, I'm fucked if this happens. Um, and I have a, I have an no shit lever that I can pull right now to fix this situation. So he did. And then. Obviously, as we will talk about in a minute, uses that to gain greater influence.
0: Yes. I just want to reinforce with the people listening at home how dire that moment actually was. So by now, everyone is well familiar that insanity is just permanent confusion. So you're either going to kill all your friends or kill yourself within like an hour. And where we were, we had Mitsumbe and Eclipse right up on top of this object. Matumbe had like 11 health left, had Haley rolled high enough, attack your friend. She would just one shot kill Matumbe, done. Then as Brooks alluded to earlier, you've got a character that also in stressful situations is likely to be confused. So that's a potential feedback loop between the two of them. Your healer's blind. And then you have Lyra, which is who's also probably not doing hot at this point. Yeah, I remember Emily
1: asking if like Lyra could use her summon. And like that is a strategy, but that's not a strategy that lasts permanently, right? Yep. That's a strategy that bides your time for two minutes until you're out of spells. So, yeah, real tough stuff. It's it seemed like it seemed very me being a hard ass and being like, no, you made this deal, I'm doing it.
2: It wasn't a hard ass thing. You saved my ass.
1: But I kept the party alive with that decision. Which I stand by that it's
0: A lot of people like
1: to say like it's what my character Would do like I think that is what the lopper Would do
0: Yeah I mean he's been developed A lot over the course of this story I do have a hard time believing He would let something like that happen Especially if he has that card in his back pocket
2: It felt very in character and
0: uh, we're all thankful it worked out that way. So a couple notes from the middle chunk of this episode here. We did find out that the Dark Rider was supposed to deliver this sea sage effigy to our friends, the Dominion of the Black, in exchange for the Book of the Raven. He was supposed to take it to Caliphas, per initials AA. I think we all know who that is. And clearly something fell apart. He was betrayed by the Dominion of the Black or something. This is that political struggle that's been happening between these two organizations that clearly has not worked out. The deal fell through. After that, we all grab those human brains that are hanging out in the jars, including everyone's favorite, the mayor, recent new NPC favorite. Eclipse is over there casually knocking over scum brains, which is a fun little insight into what's actually going on, but still somewhat in character for Eclipse a little bit. So it's not a a true tell.
2: Wouldn't be shocked if Eclipse just did that. Mm -hmm.
0: And as we're returning to the surface, Eclipse disappears. We've got a lot of stuff that happens really quick then. The rest of the party makes it to the surface. We talk to Horace for a little bit. There is a scry attempt on Eclipse. And all I think we find out is that Vance left the water and heads off into the forest and is long gone.
1: Yeah, you like fail the attempt on Eclipse, but still see the lopper.
4: Mm-hmm. The one time Eclipse can get a good save.
2: I know!
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, we really could have used that a little earlier, but okay, here we are. The team ends up spending the night at Horace's place and levels up. I, for one, have not completed my level up. It's going to happen, but we'll see what I'll do with Matume. I'm sure this is stuff we'll talk about on the actual main show, what people's level ups actually look like. And now we're starting to get into the end game of the episode here. So a lot happens in the last five or ten minutes. We have a very tense exchange between the Lopper and Eclipse, Lopper is given full control over Eclipse's body to keep her from killing herself. Because, effectively, that is going to happen if you are by yourself in the woods with insanity. You don't have damage reduction. You're going to kill yourself. What I've got written down is the two of them, in some way, shape, or form, are going to fix her and then see her family so Vance can get a new body. Haley. So talk to me about your and Eclipse's headspace during this conversation, which was completely impromptu. We didn't stop the recording to think about what was gonna be said or anything. This is something that just happened. So how are you both doing during this interaction where effectively, for the time being, this character is leaving?
2: Um, emotions were high, but again, I'm in denial. So Eclipse is gonna come back, no problems there. Um, that's gonna be fine. Uh, I still haven't really set that in. Like realistically, that's that's not um, the way that I'm thinking about this right now. What actually hit me more during this was the fact that the Lopper is gonna get a new body and leave. Really? That hit me more than anything else because I'm fully convinced Eclipse is gonna, we're gonna do what we can. Lopper's gonna get a new body. Eclipse is going to be taken care of. We're going to fix that. I'm fully positive. The Lopper's not going to go back on that deal. That's where Eclipse is, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty confident of that too. Like, that feels very in character. That feels like what's going to happen. Like, they have a partnership. I'm actually, I'm like more upset that the Lopper's going to leave forever. Like, that is a core component of my character. That's, I mean, like... I don't even know. I think I even said in the episode, like, I'm going to miss you. Like, I don't even know how to process that. Like, Eclipse has had, he's been there for a long time.
0: Yeah, that's like a good friend of yours just out of the blue saying, hey, I'm going to move away.
2: Yeah. That's tough. And it's its making me truly think about what, what does that look like? A lot of the stuff that I do, a lot abilities. I mean, a lot of stuff that I do. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff that gets me out of tight situation. Lopper. Um, he's been with me since book one. The only spirit that is actually prevalent often and talks randomly. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what's hitting me more. Because, I mean, I don't know. I have full confidence that Eclipse is going to get out of this somehow. And if she doesn't, then then I'll start you know the tears for that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> for now, I have full confidence that we're gonna get Eclipse out of this, but like I don't see how way how I'm gonna get out of the Lopper being gone, which is a different feeling. It truly is. It's like a part of me is gonna be gone. He's the reason that I became evil. He's like he is the reason for a personality shift. He's a reason for a lot of things. Like Eclipse is a different person without him.
0: Yeah, it is funny that you bring that up because that was not my takeaway from that conversation, but I totally empathize and understand. That's really difficult. You're losing yeah. a, a, not only a, a core mechanical piece of your build, but a core emotional and spiritual piece of your character. That's tough.
2: Yes, and also, like, I don't even know what I'm going to do. Like, I, I will have to talk to Griffin about this obviously offline, but, oh man, like, that's one of my implements. Like, as an occultist, like, I can't use my implements without him. Mm. And so that means goodbye fly. That means Goodbye, all of my strength bonuses. That means goodbye damage, right? Like, this is huge. full base attack bonus. Yes, goodbye, full base attack bonus is huge. It is, oh, the the weapon, like, changes that I can do, like, to Bane, gone. All of that, gone. So mechanical, like, loss there, corruption aside, there's mechanical bonuses that are gone, but also just, like, this is the one person she can turn to any time. Like, all of the time. So,
3: I have a question. I think you're getting ahead of yourself a little bit. Where do you think he's going to get a body from when he's going
0: to visit your family?
2: No, 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 no.
0: Yeah, that actually is a really good question. That <laughs> no, was no, one no, I no. was avoiding, but sure, yes. I,
2: I understand. I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying here. Uh, but but we're going to have we're going to have to make an understanding. Again, um, denial may be in place. But we're going to have to make an understanding... I don't care. I can kill someone on the side of the road. I can find someone. I don't... Eclipse does not care who she's gonna kill. Or, like, find somebody. It's a
3: pretty remote forest.
2: There's no ways to go. We gotta travel. You got got
3: some space. You got time to figure this out.
2: Maybe I run across another adventuring party and I can, you know, in the night, (laughs) kill one of them and shove the lopper in their body. I don't give a shit.
0: (laughs) Well, there you have it, folks. That is the, at least for now, last I imagine that we're going to see of Eclipse in the Lopper for a minute. What's left in this episode? Well, we have this kind of epilogue scene. It's a short moment, a little vignette where we see Backbreaker. That is the ship that our friends, the evil interlude party would take around and Saw took when he defected sailing through the shackles toward this place called Moon Isle. So I wanted to take a quick moment to kind of refresh in our listeners' heads the significance of this place and also maybe fill in the gaps for some folks who I know listen that don't listen to the evil interludes. So in my character's backstory, Saw Moon Isle, he was a pirate barbarian who did terrible things in the shackles, as he was struggling to come to terms with the fact that every time he got mad, he turned into a tiger and that hurt really bad. At one point, his crew goes to this island and finds this mysterious woman. This mysterious woman informs Saw that there may be a way to stop that pain by becoming undead. And there is a group of folks in Ustalav far north who can probably do that for him. So he leaves, joins the evil interlude party, and does a lot of terrible stuff with the Whispering Way. Eventually he defects because he realizes that is a lie. And when he does defect, he takes this ship with him and a woman called Anya, who you all have seen in episode 100 and beyond, whose mind was destroyed by the Whispering Way. He brings her back to Moon Isle because he knows that there is this crazy powerful lady there who can probably help her out. And when he brings her back, it's explained to him that this lady in some way, shape or form knew that he couldn't be undead and knew that he needed to go north to find this woman. And together, the two of them play a role in a bigger game that's been going on between gods and demon lords and stuff. So the two of them are united Saw becomes Sawyer, he heads back north, and then you meet him and Anya in episode 100 and beyond. So what we see here is Anya has tried to bring Sawyer back and it has failed for some reason. And now she is going back to Moon Isle to try and save him using this woman's powers or something. And that is actually all I know. That is basically what I wrote for those vignettes and that backstory and stuff. Griffin has take this and kind of ran with it. So what does this all mean? I truly don't know. But what I do know is that this does kick off our next big story arc in HLP history, our little bridge between chapters four and six or books four and six rather. No, that's books four and five. I'm getting all <laughs> sorts of excited. Oh. Just
1: skip it, book five.
0: You know what? <laughs> Not that important, book five. But yeah, you're going to have to find out what it all means. We all know what it means. We haven't recorded any of this yet as a record of this episode. But I just want to gauge for a table. How excited is everyone? Because I'm fucking stoked.
4: I think it'll be fun. Hell yeah. Yeah. It'll be something new, something different. I'm really excited.
3: Oh, give me give me them vampires,
0: baby. All right. Well, Brooks just
4: wants to <laughs> skip
3: this
0: shit. But uh, Griffin. Griffin. <laughs> You uh you ready to homebrew a whole bunch more stuff? That's what I do, baby.
3: Oh yeah. I'm calling it the neutral interlude.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice.
0: No, but
3: I am very excited. Like I'm super, super excited.
0: Yeah, we're gonna see some Ah, you know what? I can't do it. I can't I I can't spoil anything. I just think there's a lot of people that listen to the show that are really, really gonna like the direction we're taking this. It's really exciting. I wanna taste. That's some Bud Light Seltzer if you want to taste that. That's that's not worth it. (laughs) All right, let's hop into some listener questions here. This first one actually is one of the oldest listener questions we've ever gotten. This is like the second or third one. It just has sat at the top of my sheet for so long. And now that we're done with book four, I think it might be a fun time to pull it out. In fact, I just kind of forgot we got it. This comes from Robin or Deoxy Rio. What did the cast expect beginning the campaign versus what they have been through so far? Emily.
4: All right, I knew going into this that there was going to be gothic horror themes. I was well prepared for that. Uh, What I wasn't expecting, which maybe I should have, was all of the lighthearted jokes and fun we would have along the way. We have some really serious, dark moments. And then a few episodes later, we're laughing and joking about our corporate workplace jokes. (laughs) So, We have a lot of highs and lows in the show, and uh, that I wasn't expecting, but I'm absolutely loving it.
0: I
1: think that's one of the greatest strengths of Mm the HLP. We can
0: definitely walk that line. Yeah, this dungeon that we just finished up should have been a depressing, scary slog. And there are parts of it that are depressing and scary, but also there are some of our best funniest moments in this past little arc here that I've really enjoyed. How about you, Brooks?
3: You know, I, I'm not going to lie. Emily put it much better than I than <laughs> I could. Uh, I had no idea these two things uh, were going to connect the way that they did. Um, I knew that we were going to be finding the sea sage ethy, uh right off the bat. I knew that we were going to be underwater at, at some point. Mm-hmm. When and where and how? No idea.
0: Yeah, I will say that my expectations were definitely met from a story structure perspective. I think Griff, did a really good job of tempering our expectations of saying, hey, there are six books. Each one of them has a unique theme. We're going to jump from book to book to book, and there's going to be connective tissue all the way through. But each one is going to feel very unique. So that's kind of how it has felt. Each one of them has had a very unique flavor that I've really enjoyed. I do also agree, and now we're starting to sound like a little bit of a broken record, but it's been fun to just kind of goof around while still taking ourselves seriously. Like, we all clearly care very much about these characters and the show and where the direction is going. I think you heard a lot of passion in Haley's voice just a moment ago about what might be happening with a character that's got some problems right now. We all care a lot and we all have a ton of emotions invested, but we can also have fun with it. It's not a chore. So, I've really enjoyed that. How about you, Griff? This question may not be quite geared towards you, but you should answer. Yeah, I I definitely feel like this has kind of
1: taken on a pretty unique perspective on the campaign. Just from all of the all of the backstory woven into it, all of the homebrew that's been done to it, all of, you know, the evil interlude, that kind of stuff. I mean, it's it's not what people expect. When they listen for Carrying Crown, that's for sure. But I think you know it's our story. I always thought it would be, but it's it's definitely like not Carrying Crown anymore, <laughs> <laughs> in a
0: good way, in my opinion. I certainly agree with that. How about you, Haley?
2: I'll say uh, same as you, Steve. As far as what I expected, I did expect each book to feel different, um, and I knew. Going into it because Griffin has been my GM before, that it would have a lot of really intense story moments being brought out, and a lot of a uh, very good attachment to everything, I guess. And like he said, with the backstory and making it our own, I'm not at all surprised that that's where we're at with it because that's something, number one I think we all like to do. But that's something I've Griffin is very good at. What I did not expect, <laughs> I guess, is that I haven't played through a full AP that has taken a long time. The one AP that we played through most of the way, not even all of the way, most of the way we did it in major spurts. Like that was like a taken 12 hours a time to play type of spurts, which means it didn't last like this. I just didn't expect with something that would last for so long of my life for me to be so emotionally invested in every single one of them. Like, that, I just, it's so much. Like, I, I mean, I will probably legitimately cry if Eclipse is gone, gone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe this is the sentimental denial side of me coming out. And same if, like, if Matumbe dies, I was really upset when Lyra died. Like. It was upsetting. Like, it's sad. Like, I actually feel emotions and it's something I think about all the time. And I guess that I didn't expect it to totally hit that far.
1: I think something that I never would have expected, but we've been told by listeners is that like the show has continued to get better. Like, I didn't think I could top a hundred. Like, I didn't think I could top book two after we did book two. I didn't think I could top like Viv showing up in the tower and shit and it just seems like we keep getting comments like this is is the best shit you've ever done this is the best shit you've ever done this is the best shit you've ever done over and over over time and that surprised me because it just kind of to me it just feels like you know business as usual it's hard to see like yourself getting better I guess
0: Yeah, I'm reading a book right now. And one of the things that is mentioned in that book is people don't recognize that they're aging because you see yourself in the mirror every single day. You don't see your face changing. So I don't think we have that perspective. Like we don't see the show maturing. We don't we don't see it developing. I mean, we're living it, obviously. But there are people seeing it from the outside and feeling this ramp up and stuff that we might not be experiencing. And they're just experiencing it in a different way. And I agree with you. It's very validating and cool to see that people love it and are perceiving this in such a positive way. I'm just glad we haven't had a
1: part that it's like, oh, I was like so jazzed in book two and like book four has been such a slog. Yes. Like that'd be a bummer for me. Right. And I'm just glad that it's been
0: well received the whole way through or like better and better received, I guess. We can't fail, baby. (laughs) Nothing we can do. All right. This next question is a fun one. This comes from Alex' three-month cruise of madness. All right. Um, if you had an, if you had to make an NPC a backup character, which NPC would you choose? And for whatever reason, it's specified in this question that Seymour Wiener's off the table. Because none of you could do him better than me. all right let's start with griffin i know you're not a pc in the game did you have one that you would pick that you would want to run as an actual oh my god the
1: lopper is the most developed character that is not one of you in this story sure like the lopper is the fifth pc right now so yeah him there you go
0: emily what you got for me
4: well, you know I would love to do the baby we just rescued with a time skip. Everybody <laughs> wants to do the baby <laughs> with a time skip. But I have a real answer. I would love to play Kendra and kind of flesh out what's been going on with her and a right now because I feel like it's not good. But who knows?
0: Very good point. How about you, Haley?
2: Uh, oh, call. Cool, cool. No. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. But I would have to agree with Griffin. Um, I would love to play the lopper more than I currently do, I guess. I don't know. Actually flesh out the lopper. That would be fun, but also, I don't know. It's hard to pick something, but it would be kind of cool. I can't remember her name, but she was one of the wolf clan-like leaders. Sabriza? Sabriza! Yeah, she rocked. That would also be cool. Oh, the
0: druid? Yeah. Yeah.
2: To build her up to like the levels we're at now be a druid shifter hell yeah that'd be fun
0: she has a really cool story arc too where she kind of throws in with mathis and then betrays him and then we're now like one big happy avengers family at the end of book three and her coming back is like legitimately is a well-written story arc i think it'd be
2: fun yeah but and her
0: relationship with prince of wolves too
2: no, thank you. Oh,
0: interesting. That's a little bit of lore that I was not aware
2: of. A bit.
0: I, I don't think it's real, but all
2: right.
0: <laughs> Griffin is nodding his head. She's like 25 years older than me.
2: <laughs> I mean, right. is she a cougar shifter?
0: We already established, we already
2: established. <laughs> That's a there is, quality, that there joke. is a love
0: interest in there already. <laughs> no, it's not surprising. <laughs> Just send you a cougar. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm going to go next. I have got a creative answer that I cannot actually take credit for. Um, my brother listened to Pavlos and Pales, and he said that we missed an opportunity here to bring Geralt Sr. into the game in that flashback. Oh, yeah. So, what Gerald Jr? Who was Ju- well, here was who was Ge- <laughs> Gerald Jr's father? <laughs> Cuz it was a flashback. So, I think that's my answer. <laughs> Gerold <laughs> Gerold! <laughs> I want I want Gerald Senior oh to show God. up as like a 70-year-old wizard or something. But Gerald Jr wasn't that old. I think he could Oh yeah, I you guess know. you could have you could have him. Uh, Gerald Senior could be like 50. I'm going to make him 70. Uh, <laughs> Brooke, and uh, Brooks, I saved you for last because I do know your answer and it is a good one. What you got for me? Oh, well, I'm actually going to need Griffin's help. The
3: goth poet from the Escanar oh, <laughs> uh, uh Oh, God. It's like Corvin name? or something. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> Turg's was his last name.
2: That's a horrible
3: essay. Yeah. Corbin <laughs> like, yeah, Turg's I think is his name. First choice, for sure. Uh, <laughs> next, <laughs> like uh, the, cu- the couple uh, in Escanor Lodge that uh, were trying to hide that oh, they were. Oh, yeah, the Marquisa. Uh, oh, uh, ah. and, and the ranger, uh, the hunter, yeah. Uh, and, but my, I do have a real answer, though.
2: Was that your, your favorite? Uh... Season of HLP was the Lodge. <laughs> the Lodge. The one about you? Yeah.
3: <laughs> there was a variety of comical characters. Uh, it kind of reminded me of like Knives Out or uh, oh, sure. what is it like Murder uh. on the Oriental Express or whatever that each character like on the surface doesn't seem to interesting or like doesn't have that much backstory and then you like kind of get into it a little bit and it is way different than what you thought but my real answer would probably be jasmine phoenix
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: synthesis some that are very strong interesting to pick a dead character but yes <laughs> well okay well <laughs> we get to go forward or backwards in time according to
0: that's, Whatever, that's that <laughs> is fair yes yes this could be a pre. Hey, cool. Gerald Sr. could very well be
1: dead too so I don't want you to give yourself too much credit
0: alright well he didn't <laughs> die on air at least
1: <laughs> he was another one of those tombstones and that's why I saw Gerald Jr. was so interested in keeping the Aww. keeping the lawnmower
0: that's fucking depressing <laughs> 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 to, to uh to like Work at your parents' cemetery? Listen, the, the life
1: of a Ferazman is a difficult one.
0: No kidding. Uh, I can't believe your brother called out
1: Gerald C. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>! <laughs> Such a great idea. All right, so uh, we, I think we have got a, a relatively quick one here. We actually kind of touched on this a little bit. This one comes from Fulgrim. So, Griff, curious what you'd do if we ended up in a TPK. I don't think he's specifically talking about Book 4. Just It seems in general, this came long before the Book 4 finale. Would you scrub the recordings and redo that combat or just try and work in new characters? What would you do? Uh, So, we kind of have a contingency plan for
1: this. It is not scrub the recordings and redo the combat. TPK happens, it happens. Mm -hmm. Uh, But all I will say is you've seen some divine intervention happen in the adventure so far a divine intervention certainly wouldn't happen to save the party but it might happen to to bring together a new party
0: yeah to save the story
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm cool with that probably all there is on that and anything else you wanted to add no. cool alright and this last question I've been saving for a very long time Falcon Wolf asks I've got a question Will our favorite lichen throat be brought back from death? And to that I say, find out in our next little vignette here, our next little story arc. Ikmer's not dead. All right, we'll watch. <laughs> There's been a lot more fan art about Saw than there has been of Ikmer. Listen, Durstin's alive and well too, so. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot more fan art is Saw than
1: Durstin. Yeah, but a lot more people have laughed at Durston and Durst Saul. <laughs> well, that is, that is very
0: fair. Durston's brought joy to a lot more hearts. Mm, well, Saul's so brought something else to the bedroom. Uh, all right, let's wrap it up here. So one thing I want to just keep plugging is that I would love it if everybody listening would pack the house for the HLP's first virtual live show. This is going to be taking place on September 19th at 1 p.m. That's a Sunday. 1 p.m. is Eastern Standard Time. It's going to be hosted on twitch.tv slash piezo. We are going to be playing a little second edition scenario. We are super excited. We got the special guest, Emily, from STF. We're going to do a little cosplay. A little. And, Ooh. And, yeah. It's going to be so hype. I am so excited. Just tune in. Uh, We'd love to see a little support. Throw comments in the chat. We want to see those viewer numbers go up. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your significant others. Let's pack that fucking house. And if you
1: can't make it for whatever reason, Paizo has allowed us to take the video and the audio and release it on our own. So we'll be doing that afterwards.
0: Yes. How about you pack the house and then 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 download the episode? Watch it again! (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for joining me today. Brooks, Emily, Haley, always a pleasure to have you on. Really appreciated your insight in the last couple episodes and really excited to see what we all come up with together for this next little stretch of the show. It's been great, but I think it's about time to wrap it up. So I think you all succeeded your will save. You made it out of the Zone of Truth. Yay! Woo! Thank you for having me. It's always (laughs) a pleasure, Brooks. And Griffin, you want to take us home, please? Yep, finish your drinks. We'll see you in two weeks. Later.